five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher. Today my guest is Ryan Anderson. It's Ryan's second time on the show, having been my guest on Episode 8. Ryan's back to provide an update on the Satellite Canada Innovation Network, which wasn't selected as a finalist in the Innovation Superclusters Initiative by the government. No matter, Satellite Canada is moving forward anyway. Ryan will also talk about next week's Canadian Space Summit in Ottawa, for which he's the chair. Before I get to the interview, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Penguin Random House Canada. Penguin approached me to get the word out on two books written by astronaut Scott Kelly. I'm about halfway through the first book, Endurance. Scott's recounting his first mission in 1999, STS-103, with Space Shuttle Discovery. It's where Scott and his colleagues were tasked to repair the Hubble Space Telescope. From the unusual way he finds out he's going to get his first flight, to the mission itself, with all its risks, it's compelling reading. Here's what you need to know about both books. 520 total days in space, and a record-setting year aboard the International Space Station. Astronaut Scott Kelly's memoir, Endurance, and children's book, My Journey to the Stars, tells the story of how a kid who barely scraped through high school, became one of the most decorated astronauts of his generation. Endurance is a candid account of his remarkable voyage, of his colorful formative years, and of a future mission to Mars. My Journey to the Stars tells the story of how both Scott and his identical twin brother Mark grew up to achieve their dreams of becoming an astronaut. Both books are on sale now, and available through the SpaceQ website at spaceq.ca. Welcome back, Ryan, to the SpaceQ podcast. Oh, thanks, Mark. Good to be here again. So, just over a month ago, the government announced the nine finalists for its Innovation Superclusters initiative that will see $950 million divided between the five selected superclusters. Your not-for-profit Satellite Canada Innovation Network was not one of the finalists. You had put together an impressive team with commitments of $328 million from 39 organizations. How did you feel when you found out you weren't going to be selected? Uh, it was, it was uh, always disappointing. Um, maybe not completely surprising, considering we, we really put things together at the last minute. Uh, you know, we, we kind of had six weeks to gather everybody together and for a while, it looked like we might not have enough to, to make it to the thresholds they were looking for. So we're really pleased with the way industry responded and, uh, and got behind the idea. Uh, but of course, you know, not being invited back was, was certainly a, a disappointment. So it's my understanding that even though you weren't selected, uh, the Satellite Canada Innovation Network will continue. So can you detail what's next? Absolutely. Uh, we, we did incorporate, uh, so we've incorporated a not-for-profit entity as of uh, September 29th, which happened to be the 55th anniversary of the launch of Canada's first satellite, Alouette 1. Uh, well, that, that's we, a good, uh, uh, good date to have. 
yeah, yeah, it should, uh, should be easy to remember our anniversary that way. Uh, so the, the, the plan now is to kind of continue to, to work with the, the Space Advisory Board, uh, continue to kind of recommend that something like Satellite Canada is the right thing for, for the country and for the sector to, to be revitalized and get us back on track. Uh, certainly the, the amount of industry backing, you know, is a good indicator that, that this is something that industry wants and needs and, and that they could get behind. Uh, and you know, the, the steps now are really to build up some of our advisors, build up some of the structure, uh, and, and hopefully start bringing in some money and some projects into the, into the fold so that we can start providing value to Canadian startups and Canadian enterprise. Okay, so you had uh, 39 uh, letters of uh, interest from those organizations. Um, mm-hmm. How many of those are, are, are willing to, to go forward now? Are they all still interested, or is it just a handful that, that say, hey, let's, let's keep this going? It, uh, it, I, I, I get a, about an email a week from, from those 39 and others kind of wondering what the next steps are and where are you guys going. Uh, some of the questions revolve around whether we're going to join one of the other superclusters. Uh, at this point, I think we've collectively decided, and, and you know, based on some of the input from the industry, that Satellite Canada is is really a, a, a potential cluster on its own. Whether you know, even if it doesn't make the super cluster status, uh, so the industry, you know, has we're we're offering some help to some companies who can specifically fit into some of the other supercluster programs. Uh, but at this time, Satellite Canada is, is remaining kind of out of the, the process, uh, and we'll wait and see what happens with the Space Advisory Board. So you're basically uh, building up your base at the moment. Um, the budget 2018 is, is you know, going to come out in the spring, and with that, in conjunction with that, we're expecting the new space strategy, which was supposed to be in the summer. Um, and uh, so... Uh, and some of those organizations that you're working, uh, you you had commitments from, are going to keep working with you. Um, what about funding? How how are you handling the funding issue? Are these some of these companies stepping up and saying, okay, well, you know, obviously we can't commit to everything what we were going to commit to you at this point, but uh, we can commit some funds so that you can uh, get this initiative uh, going. Uh, well, certainly, you know, the the attraction of the supercluster funding. Uh, was interesting to companies uh, and certainly something an investment like that is, is something that Canada's space satellite industry can use at this time to to get ourselves caught up to the international competition that we're we're facing um, at this point our our sort of retooling is to you know build out uh, knowledge of the the different funding mechanisms across Canada for satellite Canada and for the other companies in, that could be involved. Uh, you know, we're going to stick to the, the idea that we'll go with a membership model. Uh, what the actual membership prices and, and, you know, how that all all work is, is still, you know, to be determined. Uh, but hopefully uh, after our stakeholders meeting on November 22nd, we'll have a little bit more insight from industry as to how we want to approach all those, those questions. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the, the organization itself. I, I know you're a part of it, but uh, who else is on your, your board of directors and, and who else is working on this with you on a, on a regular basis? Uh, 
Yeah, it's a, a fairly small team. We have uh, myself. We have uh, uh, an industry veteran named John Clark, who has been with uh, a number of companies over the past, Telesat, uh, SpaceBridge, and founded uh, iDirect Canada. Uh, the other two fellows, Andre Liptonjenko, is a member of the the CSEA, the, the Space Commerce Association. Uh, he is also a an articling student at uh, at a law firm here in Ottawa. And the other fella is Graham Looney. Uh, he is a, a recent policy graduate from the University of Victoria, who's transplanted here to Ottawa. Um, and that's sort of the the core team that has been working on Satellite Canada and, and getting the bylaws together and, and acting as the, the initial board of directors. We, we predict it will bring on more directors as the, the organization grows and, and has some funding and, and whatnot, but those, uh, that team is the, the sort of executive and, and directing body. Uh, we also have some, some advisors that I won't, uh, I won't name at this point, but, you know, uh, I can I can tell you I, I couldn't be happier with the the advisory team that we have. Uh, I think for something like uh, Space Innovation Supercluster, we we couldn't really do a whole lot better than than these individuals who've agreed to to guide us through this. Um, and that's uh, that's really the team uh, plus some some companies in uh, in the sector who are are helping out in in various different ways. So. Um, when you heard back from the government, um, was it just a letter or did you get a phone call and did you get any feedback about what they thought you should, should do going forward? Uh, yeah, it was a phone call from, from Jennifer Miller, the, the DG in charge of the, the ISI program. Uh, it was, it was an interesting phone call because we, we expected uh, a bit of matchmaking to go on. Uh, certainly, we we talked to some of the other supercluster applications in phase one and saw a lot of synergies in in more than one uh, supercluster, and really expected that the call with I said, letting us know we weren't going to be in phase two would would also be to to pair us off with with one or more other superclusters. Uh, the interesting part is that 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 advice didn't come, um, and it didn't go to any of the other superclusters to reach out to us either, which is something that, that did happen with, with other failed applicants. Uh, so the, the advice from, from Jennifer on that call was that she was going to put us in touch with the space strategy team at ISED uh, and, and talk about possible ways of, of Satellite Canada, you know, approaching funding from a different source possibly. So. Okay. And have you heard back from them since? Uh, not specifically. She said, you know, give us some time. We're, we're really, we're going to be busy with phase two, uh, which, which ends on the 24th of November. So uh, I'm going to give them lots of room to, to get that done. Uh, I, I hear it's a lot of work. <laughs> I can, I can well imagine. So um, when, might, when might be, when might we hear back from, uh, from your organization about um, some concrete plans? Uh, well, we'll have some more to tell uh, on the 22nd of November. Um, more concrete plans. You know, a lot of what we're trying to do is really a, a Canada-wide initiative, and you know, uh, uh, an initiative of that magnitude 
kind of requires investment on a on a national level. Um, we have we have some some offers of potential early funding from non-government sources, which would be really really exciting if they they come to bear. Um, but uh, but at at the moment right now we're kind of in that holding pattern as the rest of the industry is, you know, what's going to come out of the space strategy and how's that going to be implemented and, and how much, if any money is going to be attached to that in the budget. Okay. Uh, one last question on this, um, sort of using your crystal ball, if you could, um, I mean, you're called, uh, the Canadian, uh, the satellite Canada innovation network, what areas, what are some of the areas do you think that the, uh, your organization uh, could see some innovation in, in, in the satellite industry? The, uh, you know, the, the genesis comes from, from satellite communications, which is, you know, my background and where I have the most experience. Uh, and, and what I see there is Canada was a leader in satellite communications for decades, uh, because it's so vital to our, our, our big sparsely populated country. And over the last few years, we've kind of let it, you know, become old news uh, and haven't really done a lot as a nation to, to reinvest and, and reinvigorate the satellite communications industry. Uh, and, and it's caught up to us now. We we're, we're in a period in, in that sector where, so many things are happening, flat panel arrays and high throughput satellites and Leo constellations. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people within the industry that aren't sure where things are going. Uh, so that was you know, our, our genesis in, in satellite Canada. Uh, and earth observation is, is certainly the next phase and the next growth area we believe for, for space and satellite technologies. Uh, just the, the variety and complexity of data coming from, from the Earth observation industry and the, the variety of applications uh, certainly need an organization in the middle of things to pair off the upstream and downstream and, and help build uh, useful business cases out of, the, out of the data. Now, you used to work at Telesat. Uh, Telesat's LEO constellation seems to be uh, moving forward. They've got their first... Uh, uh, two satellites, prototype satellites launching in the next, within the next month. Um, do you see them as being back on the cutting edge of this, uh, market? Absolutely. The, uh, the, the Leo constellations are for the next evolution and, and Telesat is, is right there with the, the Greg Weilers and, and Elon Musk's, uh, there's there's a lot of work to go on these things as as Telesat and SpaceX and OneWeb are all finding out. Uh, just I was going to say hundreds, but at least dozens of uh, of innovations and and projects and programs to run out of this to to make these things maximize their value. All right, so let's move on to our next topic. Uh, and that's the Canadian Space Summit, which will be held in Ottawa next week on the 21st and the 22nd. I should point out to our listeners that SpaceQ is the media sponsor, and we'll have a team of three people there, including myself. Um, so besides the getting uh, Satellite Canada Innovation Network started, you're also a member of the Canadian Space Society and one of the organizers of the conference. So you've been extremely busy. 
Um, the conference is back in Ottawa, which usually draws a larger audience. And it seems November, November is actually conference month in Canada for the for the space uh, uh, sector with the Aerospace Summit, the Canadian Space Policy Summit, and now the Canadian uh, Space Summit. What differentiates the, the Canadian Space Summit from the other events? Uh well, the, the Aerospace Summit is, is very much focused on, on the aviation side of aerospace. Uh, so the Canadian Space Summit addresses the, the space side. Um, the difference between the, the Space Policy Symposium and the, the Space Summit is that the Space Summit uh, it kind of goes across a, a broader set of topics where we have some of the some more focus on life science and education and outreach rather than, than just the policy. Um, and, you know, I, I guess those are the main distinguishers. Okay. Right. So your gal, I've been going through through the, the schedule, and uh, I noticed your gala speaker is Nicole Verkint. She's the CEO of OMX, and she just won the uh, Woman Entrepreneur of the Year Award at the Startup Canada Awards. Uh, how did you get Nicole to come speak, and, and what does Nicole uh, bring to the conference? Yeah, when, when I... When I stepped forward to chair the the summit this year, Nicole was my pick for for the gala speaker. I'd, I'd met her actually at a CSCA event a number of years back, and uh, have kept in touch over the years. And uh, you know, looking at, at her company's offering and how it can help the uh, the space uh, sector. Uh, and you know, we've we've been working on on the the on her presentation at the gala for quite some time and certainly we congratulate her on the, on the win of the woman entrepreneur of the year of the award. That's fantastic. Uh, Nicole is, uh, is certainly on the forefront of, of innovation and commercialization in that whole startup world, uh, both with her own company and in her role as, uh, as a next generation dragon on the next gen dragons den. Uh, so, She's gonna she's gonna fit in really well because I think that's big questions about uh, about the space industry right now with all the different space startups and and the new space idea of uh, attacking a space from a commercial angle. Uh, I think she brings a lot into the the question of what you know what's innovation and how do we innovate and how do we commercialize these these innovative ideas. And of course, she'll she'll have the. Uh expertise to pass along on on how to uh, do a startup um, absolutely so your schedule is has a lot of Canadian content which you would expect from uh, from this type of event but you also bring in uh, uh, for each conference you bring in a few speakers from outside of Canada and I noticed that you've uh, got uh, dr. Kazuya Yoshida from iSpace Technologies. Tell me how uh, a little bit, if you can, a little bit about iSpace Technologies and, and how you got uh, Dr. Yoshida as, uh, as a speaker. Uh, we actually had a, a, a young Canadian who was studying under Dr. Yoshida, uh, and he suggested that there, there might be a, a link or a, a, a possibility of, of Dr. Yoshida coming to speak. Uh, and certainly with the Lunar X Prize launches all happening in the next little while, you know, we were tremendously excited that Dr. Yoshida is able to, uh, to join us, uh, to, to be able to hear from, from somebody who's been working on that, you know, very innovative approach to, to the space industry, 
uh, and hear how how his team has has managed and, and navigated that project. Uh, you know, we're we're just absolutely overwhelmed by excitement that he can make it for such a big trip. Uh, yeah, and his team is actually involved in the Google Lunar X Prize um, as part of one of the or the Japanese entrant. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're one of the last. There's only four teams left, and and they are one of them. Yes, and they have. I th- I'm trying to remember the date. Uh, I think till March 31st or something. The first within the first quarter of 2018, they've they've got to get their 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 launch to the moon done. Um, so in, in going through uh, the rest of the, the schedule, uh, it's it's got a balance. You know, you have uh, 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 panels on startups, uh, education and outreach, space exploration, life sciences, security and defense. Uh, and then there's some uh, critical infrastructure, policy, commerce. Uh, and then there's some other interesting ones, women in space and uh, space art and culture. Uh, tell me a little about about the space art, space art and, and culture uh, session. That's uh, that's something that the Canadian Space Society has has been addressing for for quite a while now. Uh, when we did the summit here in 2013, we had a, a, a rather large space art exhibit, uh, and we we brought in some uh, a musician who who played some some space and science inspired music at our gala. Uh, and and that has become a, a very it, it's become a bit of a staple of our of our offering it at the at the summit and and by the society. Uh, it, it's how you know everybody can connect with art and space art allows everybody to connect with space and art. Uh, you know whether it's through science fiction or music or or visual art. Uh, there are certainly many different mediums that people connect to the, the very expansive and grandiose thing that space is. Uh, you know, it's, it's a way I think people can wrap their heads around the, the complexity of the, of the problem. So uh, are there any other speakers that uh, stand out to you? Uh, I mean, they're all great speakers, but is there anything else that stands out to you from the program? Brigadier General Whale uh, is the new DG Space uh, this would be his first time presenting, I think, to a, a, a space industry audience. So it'll be interesting to see and hear what uh, what D and D's plans are in the wake of uh, of their new uh, of their new policy, the new defense policy. When when can people? Uh, when is the last day to register for for the conference? The last day will probably be right up until the the twentieth or twenty first. Ideally, you'd register, you know, today or tomorrow because we do have to get some numbers into the catering and, and to the venue to, to let them know how many people we're going to have there. Uh, you know, that said, we'll, we'll, we'll buffer and, and have a little bit of, of margin for those people who are, who are late birds. How many people are you expecting this year? I was trying to count up and between the registrations and the sp- speakers and the VIPs and the sponsors, I'm at about 120. We just, uh, we were just able to reduce our student price, um, to 150 down from $230. And I haven't seen the registrations since that has really taken effect, but I'm, I'm really now 
kind of worried that we may actually hit our capacity. So ah, well. uh, I'm, I'm looking at 150 to 160 people. All right. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Ryan, I'd like you, I'd like to thank you for being a guest on my show again. And uh, I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Q Podcast. If you have comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode. You can also find Space Q on Twitter at Canada in Space and we post all our articles and podcasts to Facebook at the Space Q and don't forget to like us on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn at Mark K. Boucher and if we're connected, you'll get Space Q articles and the podcast notification in your newsfeed. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app. If you use iTunes, please consider rating the show and writing a review if you're so inclined. Inclined.